on the tone. It's time to turn it up. Got RC on my mind and I just can't get enough. On the tone, take a seat and listen up. About to find out what's been causing all the fuss. On the tone, it's time to turn it up. Got RC on my mind and I just can't get enough. On the tone, take a seat and listen up. About to find out what's been causing all the fuss. Back once again, kicking in with my friends. Or see like a religion. We focus, we on a mission. So carefully pay attention. We fixing to dive in and sit back and ride with it. Cause this is just the beginning. Some of us trying to win it. Some of us never finish. Addicted to nitro engines. That's why we sticking with it. My life poles are peaking. But right now, I'm listening to more Jeff and Tyler. They fire and Real with it, I'm constantly tuning in. I'm ready, let's get it started. Laughing until I fought it. It's a talk call party. On the tone, it's time to turn it up. Got RC on my mind, and I just can't get enough. On the tone, take a seat and listen up. About to find out what's been causing all the fuss. On the tone, it's time to turn it up. Got RC on my mind, and I just can't get enough. On the tone. Take a seat and listen up. About to find out what's been causing all the fuss. It's that RC Texas talk. All up in the drum. Take a seat and lean back. We about to have fun. RC Texas talk. Charge the like light pose. You about to learn something. Ready, set, here we go. RC Texas talk. All up today hold on let me let me get this uh work in the soundboard so what happens whenever you uh chickity check one two a big one-man show over here with our, with our production um so tonight's gonna be a fun podcast we got mr jq on the podcast and i know a lot of people were opinionated opinionated about it uh we don't hold grudges um you know it is what it is he does his thing i mean I, but as we're as we're doing the intro He's dogging me out, <laughs> but you know what it is what it is. It doesn't really, it doesn't bother me. I mean, he's trying to say him and Corey Drakenberg are in cahoots. You know, Corey, I don't, yeah, me, I mean, I guess <laughs> he does give me a hard time. He does give me a hard time, but, oh. so yeah, this is episode 90 guys. I can't believe we've done 90 episodes. I can't believe people are still watching 90 episodes, 90 freaking episodes. It's freaking insane. Um, I'm racing. Everyone's racing. Uh, congrats on the icebreaker, Peter. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. That, that race was epic. Definitely, uh, got definitely something that, uh, 
took a lot of planning, a lot of time, a lot of people busting hump for weeks on end. Uh, you know, whether they were there volunteering, whatever the case. I mean, it was, it was epic. It was like our own little mini P and B. It was. It, was <laughs> it really was. It was a mini P and B. That's a lot of people described it as that, and you did a great job. That was a that was an awesome podcast. We had all those guys on the show. That was that um, was. Uh, I think Corey. No, was it Corey? Uh, Tyler Hooks. And uh, it was like the Final Supper podcast. Did you say Corley? Corey or <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was like the Final Supper podcast. Um, Slurring my words because it's like thirty-seven degrees in here. It's cold <laughs> because whenever you go on air, guys, it's you can get nervous. Sometimes I sweat when I get nervous, so I keep it cold in here. But we are we're gonna have this podcast. I've been wanting to have one of these podcasts, um, and it's strictly gonna be about setup. Uh, I know a lot of people have questions on setup. I I get setup questions all the time on my YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed, shameless plug, go subscribe mm-hmm. to my my YouTube channel. But we did a lot of debating. We're like, all right, who should we have on the podcast? Text Christopher. He's my setup guy. He was mm-hmm. originally the guy who I wanted on this podcast, but um, we kind of threw around some other guys. But there's no, there's not a to me. Peter mentioned. He said, you know, JQ is the setup guy. I mean, he. He made his own car, and he knows all about setup. And he has actually every time I Google setup stuff, he always has two cents on it, and I'll, it, it's always really good stuff. So JQ is going to be an awesome resource for setup tips. So just look at it subjectively. Um, don't look at it as we're talking about politics. We're not going to be talking about politics. We're just talking about RC setup, guys. Um, the other thing is we are going to try. I'm going to do my best. To keep this podcast at an hour. The last few podcasts were super long. Um, and super long podcasts kind of suck. I, at least when I listen to podcasts, I don't like them crazy long. So I think an hour is perfect. So we're going to try to keep this one an hour. Um, you know, I raced three times in March. Uh, I haven't raced at all in April. <laughs> I need to get out to a race. I'm, I'm Seriously, I haven't raced at all. I'm not even a club race. I've been doing a lot of vlogging. I've been doing a lot of RC stuff. I want to get out to Panola. I want to get out to Brian Berry's track, even though Mother Nature has just totally beat that dude's. He's been beat by Mother Nature. Yeah, I want to get outdoor stuff. I want to get out there. I was going to go to Silver State. They added another day to Silver State. Like, it's already hard for me to go for five days. Now it's it's a six-day race. You basically have to get there. I think you get it there Tuesday to set up, and then Wednesday they have practice, and Thursday they have e-buggy, and then they just go on from there. But... Freaking six day race, man! I just I can't I can't pull that off. I'd have figured Wade Moore been up in your ear talking about casinos and no, all he, that stuff. It, that, he's not. That's not not <clears> him. <throat> I guess he didn't want to do that. But uh, before we get started on the actual podcast, uh, I do wanted to give a moment of silence. We lost a a, a major player in the RC world. Uh, I actually met this guy. I met him a few times. The first time I met him is probably the most fond memory I had of him is when I saw him at, it was a short course showdown. Remember when, when Scotty Ernest did the short course showdown, showdown, the short course showdown at Mike's hobby shop and Carrollton. And he went, he, he went, he went there. It's a Mr. Brian Kinwald. He recently, do you remember who won that? NTQ'd it. It was, um, was it Dustin Evans? Actually, I don't know if it was that race, but I did see a picture. I did see a picture. Brian was in it. Uh, a bunch of local guys are in it, and there was some dude who looked like a a much, much 
like a much, much, like, I mean, much, much, much younger version of Quincy Hughes who TQ'd and got first. No. Like, way much, much, much younger version. But Quincy's always been fast. And then um, that race was actually pretty <laughs> funny because Josh Glancy, he built the car the day before the race, was bone stock. I think he even ran a clear body. I think he ended up getting second. But uh, Brian Kildenwall, he was there. Um, super nice dude. Uh, he had a whole bunch of cars named after him. How many cars? He had the BK BK one. Did it, did it all go, go to all the way to BK three? Yeah, and I mean he he was uh, for anyone that met and spent time with him. I mean I was fortunate enough to do a bunch of racing with him out in California, and I mean he was more personable than most weekly club racers. At, at least my impression of him. Um, you know whether it was giving motors, tires, or looking over a car. I mean he. He's definitely, you know, the type of person that the hobby needed, needs, and and will need in the future, right? To 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 try to at least maintain, if not uh, if not grow from he here. He was he was truly an RC legend. But again, before we go on, we're gonna do a moment of silence for Brian Kinwald. So let's go and do that. All right, rest in, rest in peace, Brian. He's an awesome guy. All right, so we're we're gonna go and call call JQ. So I, I we gotta know get, we gotta get some random shout outs in though. All right, go ahead with your random shout outs. Because like when we start, you're like, all right, Pete, go ahead and share to like ten thousand different groups, right? And so yeah. I do, right? I do, and so then we get a huge spread of crowd, right? So like Carlos Espinosa out there, he's from the drag racing community because. There's a super strong drag racing community in the Metroplex. So what up to all the RC drag racers uh, who are tuning in. And then I always get bagged for this one. Uh, I share to a bunch of oval groups, right? And then we don't talk about oval. And they're like, why are you even sharing in this group? So uh, big shout out to all the oval groups. Uh, I know right now in the DFW, uh, everyone's pretty much on standby, waiting to see what Ronnie says for tomorrow on uh, on the outdoor Um Obviously, Indy runs rain or shine, but that's kind of the what everyone's holding their breath for at the moment. And then uh, I shared to some playing groups. Yeah, that was a mistake. But if you guys are watching uh, and you want to know what type of shenanigans we get into, please stick around. I think I've covered my bases. I get a lot <laughs> of shit everything. For it. Yeah, dude, I get I, messages every right. week. So no, no, it's all it. good. <laughs> so I know I said that I wasn't going to. So I'm, I don't want any drama with. Uh, I know JQ is kind of drama central. I don't plan on setting drama, but I am I am gonna let him talk just a little bit about RC RC uh R what is it? RCC RCP GP RCGP. RCGP. So we are gonna let him talk about RCGP a little bit. Because everyone else when we had um we had Tebow, Drake, Bornhorse, we and Tyler, when we had all those guys on, they all had their time to talk. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let JQ talk about RCGP a little bit before we go into the whole setup stuff. It's probably like one of the coolest names, I think, that I won't get started in it, but I like the name. Yeah, so we're going to call him in, and it, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just disclose this. Like, I, I have been talking to him today. Um, he said I was fake news, probably because of the RCGP thing. We'll let him clear it up. Again, we don't hold grudges. This community is way too small to be holding grudges against anybody. And JQ, is, if you actually met JQ, he's actually a really nice dude. Like, he, he's not he's not what everyone puts him out to be. But there is a possibility that he doesn't answer. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, the last time me and JQ talked, we were supposed to do a podcast at my house. 
uh, it was one of those times where I was really busy at work. I just set up on a podcast. Podcast can be kind of a pain in the ass. So it was like, man, I don't want to do it. He was in town. We ended up not doing it. He was uh, he was a little frustrated, um, but I think we're cool now. But we're gonna go and call him in, and we'll see what he says. So let's do this. I have we didn't sound check him. So if he if he comes on, he's like loud as hell. That's why. JQ. Hello. What's I'm up, here. buddy? Really, What's man? What's going on? Fake news? That's what that's what you're gonna call me? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> How are we fake news? Oh. You're like Dave Rubin. You have guests on, the guests can say whatever fake news they want and you just nod along. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all, all I'm doing is listening in. Obviously I'm not part of all this stuff that those are like the, the big time pros. I'm just a normal guy. Is there such a thing as real news in RC right now? That's a good question. I'm yeah, the no name RC podcast. Oh uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Actually I had to ask for permission from Lefty the Great if I if I was allowed to go on this. Really? But he said, yeah, he said it's okay. Nobody, thought... nobody watches that OTT anyways, right? Is that what he said? I, well, actually he said no one, no one watches that on the tone anyway, so you can go on there. He said, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, poor guy. All right. So you, you probably are, and you're probably talking about and hinting about the last uh, podcast we had where they talked about RCGP. I told the guys that I was going to let you get your thoughts out on RCGP. I like Keenan a lot, so I know he had a lot of thoughts on that, so we're going to open it up with you giving your side of RCGP. I think actually the best way would be if, uh, if, if you would sort of ask me some questions about it, because I feel like all the information is already out there. Sure. Sure. And that, that... I can maybe just very briefly say that the idea is, is just to, to sort of create create and promote a more professional side of RC racing. So I think, as you all know, people see RC racing as something that kids do and maybe some weird adults. It's it's not something to be taken seriously. That's how the public views what we do. And there's not really something that, if, if I wanted to approach an outside company for sponsorship, for example, or if I wanted to show someone what I enjoy doing, like what RC racing is, I don't know really what to show them. I don't know which website to show them, what video, what race. Like, there's not one thing that I can send them to and, and no. look at this. Come so, drive with us. Come drive with us. Oh. Well, no, I think that works if you're already in RC. But for an outsider, it's. I don't think that's really it. So, when you look at other sports, they have that. If someone wants to know what motocrosses or, or dirt bikes you can show them supercross or you can show them mxgp and it's this professionally run series with the best riders in our case best drivers and that that's sort of what the idea of rcgp is to 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 try and be like the pinnacle of the sport great drivers great presentation great website videos everything to have to have something that's uh that we can start and build on. So it's a progression. Throughout the year, we have a series, and then in, in future years, we improve on that, and it, it becomes this, uh, like the face of RC to people who don't know anything about it. I don't, I don't think anyone's... That's really the idea. I don't think anyone's arguing the concept, and I, I, 
even on that last podcast, I don't think any of them said that it was a bad idea. I think everyone agrees that's a good idea. I think the problem is, and this, again, this is just from the outside looking in, is how do you get, it's hard for people, I guess the complaint is you got to get everyone on board to be able to send their big name drivers to all these international races, right? Well, we don't really need everyone on board, just need enough enough uh, companies and drivers on board. Uh, it would be good to in the future have the absolutely best, you know, 15 drivers or if we grow the amount, however many spots there are, it, it would be great to have the actual best drivers there, but it doesn't have to be that. Like if you look at other motorsports, even mm. let's say F1, is that the best drivers? No. Right. But they're all F Formula One drivers, you know, so yes, it would be great to have all the best there, but it, they don't need to be there for the series to work. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely something to that. I mean, it, my take on the conversations that were being had is it became very granulated on whatever the quickest thing that somebody could latch on to if it was rules, right? And without doing my homework, there were some things brought up that were were valid concerns and then from not uh, once again like i haven't done the homework but i can see where someone says well you know what's what's in it for the companies or you know what have you and 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 it's almost like there's a position that people are taking whereas in they believe the series should put together how much value the marketing is going to bring, right? Rather than a company coming on board and then totally leveraging everything that's going on for their own marketing efforts. Because, I mean, that was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that was still, a big complaint, right? Like they were saying, well, what do we get fun. out of it? Why do we spend that much money? Why do we invest the time, energy, effort, money into sending drivers out and blah 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 and this and that still super new though so i mean relatively yeah i mean it's yeah when something doesn't exist it's it's hard to show exactly what it's going to be it needs to exist first but the way i see it is the companies already spend money and sponsor races and go to races and and i think the absolute minimum would be they get the same so that so it would be impossible for them to to spend the money and get something less than what they already get because they don't really get anything right now. They go to a race and everyone races each other and whatever promotion they get, they have to do themselves. I was going to, I was going to ask the question. I mean, hopefully, and I'm hoping that you can make me look stupid by asking this question. Uh, what, what promotion does if and roar do like outside of the RC community, like to grow the hobby and sport? None. Do they, I mean, it, what am I? Am I missing something? I don't something think they something? do anything. What about what about Efra? Does Efra do anything? Well, Efra pays RC Racing TV to go and uh, live stream the events and and do those videos. Sure. But I mean that's that's for that's for the people already in RC. Yeah. Like, do they um, do anything along the lines of Traxxas? That's good. That's like live RC in America. Yeah. Sure. No, nothing like that. I mean, Traxxas so right I... now is the the model that that is more successful than anybody else in the industry. Period. 
Uh, yeah, but it's also a different section. It's it's like the the hobby level yeah. sort of bashing entry level thing, and this is more like high level high high level racing. So I think it's a different part of the industry. So I thought when watching the uh, Dirt Kings, I thought that was an RCGP race. Apparently, it's not. But what are your thoughts on that race? That race is a pretty good race, man. Um, we pretty much had one American there, and he ended up pulling it off. That was a that was a fun race. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, that's just. I mean, it's a good RC race. There are many good RC races around, but RCGP is not just another good RC race. It's going to be something different because of all the media around it, because it's a series, and because the racing format is different. So the racing format is catered to the viewer to make it more exciting. And as an added bonus, it's also more fun for the people actually doing the racing because you have a day of practice first, and that seeds you into your qualifying group. And you're, in your qualifying groups, you're actually heads up racing. So you're racing each other already in qualifying. So you line up on the grid and you start your qualifying race. So you aren't just racing the clock, you're racing each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's much more fun. And it's also more fun to watch. Yep. And so actually y'all's very, very first race is May 3rd, right? Yeah. And that's going to... This the, uh, next week. It's next week. Philippine Masters, man. That's a race that I've always wanted to go to. Obviously, I'm Filipino, so that is, that's an intriguing race to me. Uh, that's, is that why you're in Manila? Is, is that why you're in Manila yeah, right now? Yeah, you should, have, uh, you should have joined this year. Yeah. Well, I, I don't even think I would be able to race a race like that. No one can just... Can anyone just get into that race? So you have to be kind of invited? No, Philippine Masters Yeah, can anyone get can. So, anyone can. So, the RCGP events, they have the... The pro class, which is RCGP, so that's closed. We we have uh, 13 drivers at this event, so it's one heat of drivers. And they run one full race on Saturday uh, with two – the mains are two 15-minute 50, uh, mains, but we do it by laps, not uh, minutes. So it's 30 laps. It's going to be about 15 minutes. Mm. And then on Sunday, they race a completely separate race. So the second race of the championship series is on Sunday. And that one has a longer main, so 120 laps, which is about 60 minutes. But then in addition to that, there's an open class, so RC2, and that's basically for anyone except pros. So if you're paid to race, you can't race. And if you've been in the Worlds or Euros or Royal National A main within the last five years, then you, you can't race that one. So so that's that's for the sort of hobbyist. Oh, that's that's cool. So when you call it RC two, I mean, what what sports model would you say is most closely related to what you're doing with RCGP? I would say motocross because motocross has the two fifty and the four fifty class. Mm-hmm. So RC two is like the two fifty, except we run the you know same cars and same engines. Sure. But the the point being the same that it's it's tailored to the hobby level guy and the, and the the young guys coming coming up so that's kind of where you would start off start racing those races and then you move up into rcgp and that's all you, i mean just to clarify i mean if you don't already know you're gonna have to repeat yourself a lot when you're trying to grow something new <laughs> like this right whether or not it's available to people online or not but so to get into the pro class you've got to be a paid driver you've got to be with a manufacturer that is that is willing to kind of sign a check essentially right and 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 get on board with the series what are the well 
just like uh, in other forms of motorsports, there are teams and anyone can basically be a driver on the team if mm -hmm. the team is willing to foot the bill and send you. Sure. So that that's really how it works. But, I mean, just because you have money and you want to sign up a team doesn't mean that you get it. I mean, we also look at, at uh, the quality of drivers. I mean, we want to obviously keep a high level with the drivers that compete in a series. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so it it seems it it seems cool. Again, it's hard to go to any of those races though. Like I I could probably pull off Philippine Masters, but as a Filipino, I have to stay there for another month or so. Otherwise, all my relatives would be pissed if I went there for an RC race and I don't <laughs> I don't actually go see them. So, but yeah, man, that's that's awesome. Do you have do you have any yeah. interest? What's the what's the interest in the in the open class or like Austin Bauer just commented privateer, right? Like what? Uh, so pro probably not. A, I'll just, I'm just going to say it like you can't be a shitty privateer and go in the pro class, right? Cause it's going to degrade the quality of the racing. But, um, in that open class, is it pre sign up? Do you already have how many heats? I mean, what's the, yeah, it's pre sign up. So there's, there's, uh, there was like 110 people that signed up, but then 80 that actually paid. So they are on the list now. And so there'll be eight heats of the uh, open class. So it'll be, it'll be a pretty relaxed, yeah, it's not going to be like race. Like it's not just going to be banging heats, out, right. banging out heats. I mean, you guys are going to be able to enjoy the time there. Going to be able to. Yeah, it's about the same as what they had last year. Okay. This year was harder because uh, the, they have the Femca, the uh, Asian Championship, mm -hmm. is actually this yeah. weekend. So uh, it back to back weeks. So then people had to choose which one to attend. Gotcha. So that was a bit of a a bummer right there. So what uh what big American drivers are going to be at the Philippine Masters race? Uh, Cole Ogden is down the American in RCGP for the first race at least. He's on his way back from somewhere right now, isn't he? No, he's on his way to to so, the Philippines. He's been he's been in Spain preparing with uh, Ron Falk. Oh, there you go. All right. So, is there anything else you want to talk about about RCGP before we actually go into what we want to talk about, which is set up? Well, I don't know. I mean. Apparently, there's no information and questions aren't answered. So I just don't know what those questions are because I feel like everything has been answered. And uh, if if there are any such questions, then maybe now what's maybe your, you could ask now. I mean, what's what's your answer. elevator pitch? I think I already gave it. That's it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. because it's well, but the same questions get asked, right? So, so if Mark's going to steal a soundbite from the podcast you know and, and be able to say hey you know we had him on rcgp here's all the main info you know rcgp.com um like where would i go look right now to see what pros are even running this weekend i saw i'm on the rcgp website i don't see where the pros are it has a list of pros that are running but it, the website does look great i mean i'll give you that um it has yeah today today we're releasing the schedule for the race and uh and the heats for rc2 and rcgp so it says Ryan. Oh, so Ryan, will be up, up later. Ryan Cavalier is a is an RCGP driver. He's just not going to be at the Philippine uh, Philippine Masters, correct? Yeah, yeah. It looks looks pretty looks legit. So I, I mean, I'll be I'll shoot you straight. I didn't. I have. This is the first time I've been on the site. All I I just hear about it. I saw y'all's video on Facebook. That was my first exposure to it. So the only thing I know of it is the video on Facebook that I saw. And then I yeah, hear, there's a whole video series I 
I can't remember how many videos, six, seven, eight, something like that. So if you watch all those, then you'll have all the information. So there's a couple of questions. Keenan asked a question. You want to take a question from Keenan? Sure. <laughs> he says, Is he throwing me under the bus? No, he said, how do manufacturers benefit? Well, how do manufacturers benefit? They benefit by the media exposure that we're going to give them. The, the idea is to create a motorsports TV show just like full-scale motorsports have. Not just a live stream all day like we have in RC, but go a step further with it. Like a, and uh, yeah. yeah, and the the teams and the brands that have registered with RCGP, that's who we will focus on. So we'll create this. Uh, we'll have that live streaming just as now, but we'll also create like a motorsports TV show of the race, and also work work on this sort of. Uh, what does Corey do? What was it? Pretty you never mentioned his video. Yeah, come drive with us. Yeah, come drive with us. Like something in, in more of that style, like the stories behind the scenes and these sorts of things. So all that video content will be focused on these brands and teams that are in the series. And also because we're trying to push RC into new areas and new bunch of new people, these are the brands and the products that we promote to them. And, and uh, hopefully when they enter RC, those are the brands that they would then support. So you're going to try to capture people as they become introduced to competition RC racing. Well, yeah, it's just like in any other form of race or any, any other industry. Like if we say dirt bikes, you look at all the dirt bike brands. Imagine that uh, you have Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, KTM are racing in the Supercross mm -hmm. and the other brands aren't. Mm -hmm. Well, the brands in Supercross, they will be getting the most exposure that's uh, the bikes that the kids will want to buy, you know. So it's it's just it's just marketing. You have to be there to benefit. Mm -hmm. it makes it makes sense. I mean, he hit it with the the motocross thing. I mean, all, all I, I don't know much about motocross, but I know that I see the brands Honda, Kawasaki. Those are the brands Suzuki. So yeah, the brands that are going to be part of it are going to be the ones that they expose. So what are y'all's avenues? I mean, yeah. aside from, aside from, you know, you, you have this idea of, you know, bringing it out to people. Are y'all going to go through social media? Are y'all going to have a YouTube channel? Are y'all actually going to try to get on television? What are y'all, what are y'all planning on getting out in front of these people who have never seen RC? Well, this first race will be streamed on the RCGP YouTube channel and, and on Facebook and then also on Xtreme. So there's Xtreme on Facebook is uh, a company that you know posts video all these videos from extreme sports and it's been a tv channel before i don't know if they have it anymore but we'll just be on their uh, social media channel so the races will be streamed uh on there also well i'm excited to see what the first one's gonna be like so we'll see it on there there's definitely a lot of people uh watching right now that are <clears throat> very strongly opinionated there's like some people i just want to add like I want to say names and be like, who is this person? Because there's a bunch of people commenting pretty strongly. And I don't know. About what? Uh, just uh, some some people saying, well, I believe the major manufacturers have the exposure that they need. I'll, I'll be honest. There's a comment that I don't agree with. Um, something about if they want to pay five grand. Well, 
like I mean it's a pay to play sport, dude. Uh, I protect one and done for our CGP. That would suck. I don't know if you have you ever have you ever heard of A one GP, Joseph? A one. A one GP. I've never heard of that. No, what's it? Yeah, it. Hopefully, it's not what RCGP will be, where it's kind of a like a phenomenal idea that just doesn't get executed correctly. It was basically Formula One cars without all the driver assist stuff. Some of the top drivers in the world, right? It was a very elite group of drivers, um, but it, it ran a series and then it just didn't keep going. But yeah, I mean, the only way this can keep going is if the industry supports it. Like after the first season, the companies in the industry see that this is something positive it's a positive change and it's something that they uh, want to support and if we can get outside sponsorship so if we can't do that then it won't continue but if it does get industry support and we don't do get outside sponsors then then we'll continue yeah at least they tried yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i think I'll... there's definitely something to that for sure yeah I think a lot of the negativity is just because I'm involved, but I think what people don't see is that if I wasn't involved, then this wouldn't exist. And most people are not willing to to put themselves out there where they're going against the grain, where people are disagreeing with them, but they still keep going in the direction that they chose, even with all these people disagreeing with them. And they aren't willing to do something where they have to put in a, a ton of work for no reward, no money. You're actually spending money and you're working on something that where there's a lot of negativity. People are people are like they, they say to your face that, oh, it's a great idea, but they don't support you. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who are, are negative and don't agree with the way you're doing things. And still, you have to work hard. You have to maintain the course. You have to spend money and you have to accept that you might never make any money. Like you just might spend all this time, money and effort and not get anything for it. And there aren't many people who are willing to do that. And that's why we don't have a series right now. So these people who hate, they don't understand that it takes someone like this to do it because I don't give a shit what people think. And yes, maybe I should uh, um, be... Uh, like maybe I'm a bit too rough around the edges and I should work on my commun communication skills and I shouldn't be so stubborn. But those same things that people hate are the reason I'm able to do this. It's the reason we have this first race because I am that way. Mm -hmm. Like if, if <clears throat> I think if you were more of a, like a, a more of an agreeable person and trying to make everyone happy, then this would never happen. Yeah. There'd be too many people that, yeah, you can't compromise too much. You have to have a vision, and it will only work a certain way. If you compromise too much, it gets watered down, and it won't work. That's just how it is. Well, at least you're completely aware of the situation. I mean, everything you said was is, was spot on in regards to, you're probably right, probably a lot of the negativity comes because of the image that you have, which, again... It is what it is, though. I mean, yeah. That's just something... Yeah, you're, I mean, the, it's you're the villain in RC. <laughs> You're the villain yeah, in our team. understandable. Yeah. But I think that if if and when this <clears throat> works, then that will just be forgotten. That's, I mean, it just needs, it needs become, to exist. It needs to be good. Hopefully it'll become bigger than it. you, right? Like that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's probably, or I don't know, I'm going to guess and say that's probably one of your goals, right? Because if it's bigger than you, then you've been successful because it should be something that people become introduced to just on their intro to RC. Um, 
I no. So for the guys on the, because there's a lot of questions coming in on the live feed. For sure. Um, a lot of comments for you guys who are commenting. Uh, you can tell that these people that are commenting haven't actually gone to the the RCGP page. Um, just go check it out. It's got it's got a lot of. Uh, yeah, I mean, on there. we even did the videos and we released them on YouTube first, and now just this last week we released uh, one a day on Facebook, like uploading direct to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And still, still people aren't watching them and they don't know the whole story. So it really is a case where we have to do this first race and then, then people will uh, understand a lot more. They, they will see that, oh, the pros are racing each other. Oh, the coverage is a bit different. Oh, there's two races a weekend. Oh, it's heads up racing all day long. So it's fun to watch. So they will understand all these things once, once it actually happens. You, you can never advertise too much. Where are we going to be able to watch that this weekend? Because, I mean, that is interesting, right? Like, all the things you said are true. Yep. Where where do I get to watch that this weekend? It's going to be on the rc-gp.com website. So I believe it's live.rc-gp.com. Live. That's where all the information will be. rc-gp.com. Yep. Yeah, Looks and like also there's... you can go on the RCGP Facebook page. Okay. Awesome. We'll see how that, that works out. So... Um, yeah, we, that's, we're already 30 minutes in. We really didn't talk about any of the, the stuff we want to talk about. We really brought you on JQ because we want to talk about, uh, setup again. You, you're known, you're widely regarded as one of the best setup guys. You, I mean, you built your own car. Your car is probably you know, pe- one of pe- the people highest. can hate on you, but they'll all agree that your car is pretty, it's pretty solid. Um, it was solid enough to get Jeff Keaton and Bobby Moore, which I thought you guys were like <laughs> the biggest enemies ever. <laughs> and and well, Jeff, Jeff in Keaton. my mind, those guys are still shit fountains. That's never going to change. <laughs> that, it is kind of funny because he's he talks like Je- <coughs> Jeff talks crap, but oh same, he likes the car. Um, and he's been doing uh, really well with it. He's been doing really well with it. That's so, the only part he gets right. <laughs> he actually he's doing good with it. He's finishing now. That's, he wasn't finishing before. That's a does, does he finishes races? He finishes races, dude. Okay. So we're gonna go into the whole the whole setup conversation. Um, so we have a lot of new people in our area, and I got a lot of people that follow on the tone that are new. So, like, what's your routine when you go to a new track, um, a track you've never been to? You're not sure about the surface. Like, what's what's your go to your routine? Well, I think it's important to to not get carried away with with setup because it's it's not magic. I think for new people, it's really important to look at what the manufacturer recommends. So they sh- they should have good uh, stock setups, good basic setups that work. So when you are at your home track, you, that's what you should run. You should make sure everything's working correctly and, and you're comfortable with your car with this stock setup that the manufacturer recommends. So then when you go to a new track, that same setup should work pretty well. So what you should do is you should find out what tires work on the track. Maybe ask some uh, locals who would know. And and you need to run the correct tires because if your home track is uh, very high bite, for example, and you go to a track that's very loose, you have to change tires. Changing your setup won't do it. So tires is the most important thing. So just... Find out what the correct tire is, and that should be your first and only change when you go to a, a different track. 
So what about the more then, the more advanced drivers? The guys who I like for me, like I'm not a super advanced driver, but I have a good setup. I know the tires, but my car's not perfect. Mm-hmm. So what like what are some of the things that you or do you, do you like I try to focus on making sure my car rotates fast enough through the corners. I mean, what about you? Are there are there certain things that you look for? I think people want to people want to know a little bit more about like what you personally look for, right? So it's it's whatever okay, Joseph so... likes. Like Joseph goes from a high bite track to a, a loose loamy track. Like what does Joseph do? Is he what is he wanting his car to do? What changes does he make to get his car to do such a thing? Okay, so with a JQ car, the standard setup is is good on all tracks, I would say, but then you have to make some changes to make it a lot better for a specific kind of track. Now, now just to explain briefly, when the car is working really well, it's, it, it rolls in corners and uh, dives when you enter a corner and squats when you exit a corner a certain amount. So, so the chassis moves to a certain extent. And, and uh, I call that the working range. So there are certain angles of roll that the car achieves. And when the car is moving in this way, the geometry is working correctly and the driver has a, like a, like the car is stable and easy to drive for the driver. So when you go to a track that has different traction levels, the amount that the car rolls and squats and dives changes. If you go to a very loose track, the car doesn't move very much. Mm-hmm. So you have to go softer. You go to softer springs, softer sway bar. Maybe you lower the arm on the inside. And all these changes you make are basically just to get the car to roll again and move again, because that's when you have more grip and that's when you have more comfort driving the car then vice versa if you go to a high grip track then the car will roll too much and dive and squat too much and that makes the car feel unstable to drive so then you would go to harder sway bars harder springs maybe more anti-squat all these changes you make are again to make the car a bit stiffer so it it stays in that working range does that make sense to you no it definitely makes a lot of sense and i never even think about Making sure my car dives in the corners and squats coming out the corner. I'm just, well, it's, it's all just, it's all just physics and right. How do you generate traction so I, I think, on the different surfaces? I think I do, I do that, but I don't do it in that regards. Like I want to make sure that I can get on the throttle coming out of the corner. So at that point, that's it's squatting, right? You're getting traction coming out of the corner. Yeah, most of the time when a, when a car gets unstable for some reason, loses traction, it's because it's gone beyond this sort of working range, like it's lean too much or it's so it, there's not enough grip and the car is so stiff that it doesn't roll and it just slides out instead. So that's really, if you run the JQ car, it's simple because I have guides online and, and set up advice online. So you know exactly what to do, but the same is true for, for all cars. But let's say you go to a track and, and your problem is that when you go into a corner, you can't, carry your corner speed because the rear end wants to slide out. Like you keep losing the rear end, maybe going into the corner or mid corner when you get on the gas, the rear end just feels very loose. Mm-hmm. So a few, that, that's a common thing. I think you have like oversteer, mm-hmm. 
the car is hard to drive because the rear feels slippery. So there are different ways to combat that. You can either reduce grip on the front, so you can put a thicker sway bar on, or you can put a thicker front diff oil to kind of try and, or you can put uh, more caster. And all those changes would smooth out the steering. So the steering wouldn't be so aggressive. And because the front end doesn't turn the car that much, then the rear end will won't want to side out as much. So that's one way to approach it. The other way to approach it is to add more grip to the rear. So maybe you put a thinner rear sway bar on, or if you're spinning out going into corners off power, maybe you put a slightly thicker diff in the rear. Uh, maybe you add some more toe-in on the rear. So there are all these different changes that you can make. And it's too complicated to just go through like overall in a podcast like this. That's why I'm doing the guide. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. That is Patreon. super shameless. Patreon.com. <laughs> oh, I'm Patreon slash, now. Uh, I was going to say. I... Patreon.com forward slash the Quaygrain. I'm working on a guide. I post uh, updates for the patrons there. And we need 200 people on there before we start doing graphics because that's going to cost money. So, yeah, I'm working on a full guide where I explain all of this, all this working range range nonsense and all of this. So when you when you have read all of that, I think it will be a lot more fun for people also to go to the track and work on setup because they, they have know. a clearer picture of what they are doing. And that will work on so. all cars, not just your car. Yeah, it's very yeah, good it's, physics. It's, it's for all uh, HK buggies. So, so it was actually funny that you brought that up because I think there's a lot of confusion between steering and rotation. A lot of people think that they're getting more steering by limiting or breaking the rear end loose, which is, you know, there's a difference between steering and rotation. You said there was two different ways if your car is super, like, assy coming out of the corner or whatever. There's two different ways you can you can remediate that, one by, you know, slowing down your steering and then the other by locking in the rear end. How do you decide which one to go to first? Is it just driver preference? Is there one that's better to go to first? Uh, what do you do? I think you'll always be faster if, if you are able to add grip instead of reduce grip. So I would always see if it's possible for me to, instead of numbing down the front end and reducing steering, I would try and add grip to the rear end. But if you have the problem also that you overall have too much traction, like traction rolling left, right, and center, and the car is edgy, then, yeah, it would make sense to reduce traction. But most of the time, I would say try to add traction to whichever end of the car feels loose. Like if your car is pushing, let's say your car is pushing, it would be better and faster if you can add more steering. So add more front grip and get more steering instead of reducing uh, rear grip. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't really that, that's, about that. That's how I would say. All right, so... But, I mean, that's... It's not... It's Even that is not quite that simple. Because, for example, if you run less towing in the rear, you'll have more corner speed. It's just... That's how it works. Uh-huh. So, yeah. You have to kind of be... You have to have certain things on the setup like not much rear towing higher corner speeds okay now in that situation if your car still pushes i wouldn't 
I wouldn't try and go less reattraction. I would go more front traction in that situation. Does that make sense? It does. Like if you already if if you already have like a fast setup on your car, then I would always uh, add grip to whichever end has the problem. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I never even thought about that. So I never thought about adding grip. Is obviously you you want more grip is faster in, in most cases. So you want to add grip if you can. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's what might gets complicated because if if you you can also add grip to the point where you slow the car down. Yeah, you have grip, but it's slow now. <laughs> like, yeah, it right. might be the that's car might be too tight through sections yeah. of the track and and all that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I I have recommended the shit out of the JQ guide. <laughs> and and I got to say, I mean, it looks like you used some computer from the early 90s to to make that. So I'm 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 really pleased to hear that uh <clears throat> that that is getting a facelift an update i mean it talks talks a lot i mean i did that what i did that 10 years ago i think and i probably did that guide probably when he came so i mean speed monkey (laughs) (laughs) i've learned i've learned a lot since then also so i need to update it well it's it's nice because it really just touches on the different areas of the car and the adjustments that can be made Right, it's still it's still a relevant, a relevant bit of info, especially for new people coming so, in. That just the one here's here's one thing I'll say. Like, you get a new guy comes in, he's been running for two weeks, and he's like, I've got Cavalier set up on my car, and I've got so and so set up on my car, and then you watch him run, and it's like they're all over the fucking place. Yeah, like you can't drive like them, dude. No, but they, <laughs> yeah, but they don't that's know one. that yet. That's one problem because people always want the latest setup. Oh, always. God. Oh, you you went to this new new race. Uh, do you have a setup from it? I'm gonna try it. No, you should run the setup that's made for your track, for example. But even better, you should run the setup that's recommended for your level of driver for that track. Right. So, yeah. So if Cavalieri goes to a certain track, he'll have a setup. But that might not be the best setup for you. Yeah. The best setup for you might still be that box stock standard setup because that's designed to be easy to drive and, and stable. In all in, in numerous so, different conditions. So there's this yeah. there, there's a trend in shocks where they're going to these less holes, bigger holes. Um, back in the day, eight by one point threes was like that was like the Bible when it came to shock <laughs> shock pistons. Um, and then there's also this trend where they're trying to get more rebound with the uh, the bypass pistons and things like that. Differential differential yeah. rebound and dampening. Is there is there a situation where you don't want as much rebound? I don't I don't feel like there is. I feel like the more rebound you get, the better, right? I always felt that the more rebound makes the car more nervous. Yes, you have more grip, but it also is more more aggressive. So more reactive. That's how I. Yeah, more reactive, more aggressive. I've I've always felt that way. I haven't tried these new MIP ones yet. Have you tried I'd like to try the VRPs? Um, I haven't tried them either, actually. But I've I've tried the concept. Was you know, it? That, a, I've tried that same idea. What what was it by a manufacturer? Did you kind of make your no, own deal? What did me. you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just <laughs> by me. Yeah. Throw so. some extra holes and flaps on it and give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've. I've run those kind of things, and even even just conical pistons, sure. which have a 
you know, similar effect, but not as drastic. Even with them, when you run them, you, you can notice that what is how the your, car is more reactive. What's your preference? Just your personal preference in, is it even different from a loose dirt to a high bite track? Like your preference in piston, not holes and sizes, but piston, right? Conical, flat, raised, what? So I've been running, what I like to do, especially because I do a lot of testing for the uh, the customer that gets the car. I want to make sure that the, the suspension is always good. So in any conditions or conditions. So the standard car comes with flat pistons, seven hole. And they they are really good everywhere. And then the second option is a seven hole piston, which is the conical piston with the angled holes. You know, I think Associated mm -hmm. released one of them and Kyosho have them. Ultimate Racing have them. So I use the Ultimate Racing ones. And they come as eight hole, but I block one hole with a soldering iron and use them as seven holes. We use seven 1.25, seven 1.35. And, and those pistons are really good on all tracks. So it's, it's, it's easy because it eliminates one, one thing from your setup. You'll know that it's good. You just adjust the shock oil and, and that's it. I've noticed a lot of people are trying this angle piston thing. Can you kind of elaborate on what that's doing and how come that is just now coming out? Been out for a while. Well, it's been, been Kyosho have had, had them for a very long time, but I think some some drivers have been using them, but I, I think they've kind of been keeping it quiet. <laughs> and they just haven't <laughs> been kind of promoting them. And then recently, I think because Ongaro ran them, then people cottoned on and started trying them. What does what it do? I feel when I run it? Yep, well, what I feel when I run it is that you can run the suspension a bit more plush and softer, but still have the pack. Mm -hmm. So go through the angled holes. Still land. Yeah, the angled yeah angled holes affect how the shock packs up. So you can, you can get away with sort of having a a very good setup for the bumps and and the low speed stuff, but then you'll still it will still feel solid and and uh, and stiff enough for the high-speed stuff. Is it kind of the same concept with the people that are running different size holes? So I know with the techno guys, they're doing some stuff with running these bigger holes and kind of very like different size holes throughout the piston. Is, is it kind of the same? Yeah, thing? I think it's a it's in the same direction, similar idea. Yes. I I, 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 I think I'm gonna have to disagree on that, and I'm not a master of fluid dynamics, but having the angled hole is going to create turbulence at an at a lower at a lower fluid speed than a straight hole like a straight hole is going to be able to have a faster fluid speed through prior to becoming turbulent and creating pack and so with the yes but when you have holes, many many holes and for example you have a few big holes and then uh, a number of small holes i think what happens there is also that at low speed the oil is flowing through all the holes Sure. But then, as the speed increases, then uh, it can't. The smaller holes the oil, will pack up first. Right? Oil can't flow through the small holes anymore. Yeah, sure. that's what I would think happens. So it so, does increase pack, but it still feels like a plush shot. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, it'd be the bigger holes are gonna are still gonna flow through the bumps, and the smaller holes are gonna pack. But you don't get to choose which ones do what at what point in time, right? Because it's still just a man I'm, I a kinda, single piston. I kind of feel like I'm out of the party without running freaking angled piston 
angle pistons <laughs> right now, man. <laughs> Should we all be running those? Do you run them on your car right now? Yeah, I have the the angled hold hold conical ones on now. And conical. For the cups. Yeah. The cupped pistons. Dang. Techno has them. Yeah. I run them. Yeah, I run that, them isn't, isn't what the, I run on my truck. The, the MIP <laughs> pistons. The MIP pistons isn't that all the rage right now? I think that's that's the newest one. I I put those on my short course like two years that's ago. The, that's it's the same thing as VRP, right? Just a bypass one uh, rebound. It, it's got more rebound. It is the same principle, yes. And then X-ray has something very similar. Also, it seems the, like that's what people are going to. The X-ray one is much like it's a copy of the VRP. It looks like. I guess it's all the same concept. That you're getting more, you get more pack, but it you is. still get a fluid piston on the rebound yeah i mean it's like going to the auto parts store there's 15 different uh wrenches that are all the same size right like yeah it's just who doing what in their own way all right so another topic that i was looking up the other day that i couldn't find a lot on and every time i ask people about this they kind of give me the runaround a little bit nothing really solid um can you explain sweep and when do you do you how often do you adjust it or do you just kind of keep it at one spot and then go around it Sweep. Do you, what do you mean, like dog bone sweep? Um, sweep. When it comes to like changing, when you change, like let's say the pills on your A plate and your B plate, like you go out on your A plate and then go in on your B plate, it changes the sweep of the arms. It sweeps the arms back. Oh yeah. Well, that's something that I can't adjust on my car. I have tried it in in the past. The what it does is. I remember when I tried it. It only works if the track is flat. So it, it didn't work in bumps. Okay. Didn't have an effect. It changed. It, no, it sucked. <laughs> so <laughs> so sucked hold hold on now now if, you, if you're saying something sucked, are you saying so so with with sweep in the car where your arms are swept back, right? So like the the A block is wider than the B block, if you will. You didn't like that in the bumps. Yes, I remember when I tried it. It was good when the track was smooth. It changed how the, it changed the steering feel, like the front end feel, but it didn't work when the track was rough. That's what I remember. But it, when I tried it, it wasn't this, it wasn't a big deal. It complicated things, and I was like, yeah, screw this. We don't need this on the car. So just take out an option that could have a higher potential of making something bad. So should I not be messing with it then? Yeah. I change my sweep around every once in a while just to see what it does. <laughs> it, it's just, it, to me, the, it's like the same effect as if you're running more toe. That's what I feel. I'm, I'm, yeah, more toe. Well, like if you maybe toe you didn't front, readjust your toe. <laughs> did you readjust your toe? I did readjust my toe. But I, I guess whenever, <laughs> when, it gets comp when it, the suspension compresses, it, it reacts a little bit different whenever I land. It's almost like I run more toe when I land. It was weird. I... I couldn't pinpoint it. That's why I'm asking. And whenever I ask people, I would I would have to try yeah, it. That's... Same car, same like the track at the same day. It, it would have to be a track that remains virtually in the same condition, right? Same tires. Like you, you have to have some constants to try something and and really notices it notice a difference, or at least at my level. <laughs> yeah, when you make a change, sometimes you can tell like, okay, this this is a clear difference this is what i noticed and it's better or it's worse but in this case it was like hard to pinpoint exactly what it did and uh it just complicated things and it wasn't clearly better so it was like yeah we don't need this right now the oval guys said that they they adjust that stuff all the time they 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 just assumed that off-road guys didn't know how the hell to set up a car i guess 
Novel guys right, are like, dude, we do, we do it on the fly. just turn one direction and only run on super smooth right, tracks. They, so. they, they get yeah. on the gas and they, and they turn right. Left. To go left. Okay. Left. Ah, come on. <laughs> All right, so there's a question that came in. It says, what are your views on the difference between aluminum shock towers and carbon fiber shock towers? I, I, would, I thought it was just all looks. <laughs> what That's are your I mean, carbon fiber is lighter. Some people say, like, oh, they have more rear grip or more grip because the tower flexes. I've honestly never noticed anything like that. It's just lighter. So lighter weight, lower center of gravity. I mean, that can only be a good thing. Right. All right. Um, I got more questions. I got a whole bunch oh. of good ones. Go ahead. Uh, it's not a setup question, though. Okay, don't ask it then. Okay. <laughs> ask it in a little bit. Um, it's on the feed. So the other thing I don't do a lot of that I see a lot of people do, and maybe tell me if I should be doing this. Obviously, now I know I shouldn't be messing with my sweep. <laughs> I tried. I mean, you don't need to. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, what about changing wheelbase? How often do you do that often? Um, just like moving your rear your rear hubs forward and back, you know, just changing wheelbase. Um, is that a is that something you recommend to do often? That's a good setup change. I I would say if you if you go to a high grip track or a very fast on you know on power sweeping corners track, then moving your rear hub one step back helps a lot. So the longer wheelbase. And Faster high grip, just because yeah, it adds, high grip tracks adds stability. Super fast or? tracks on power, yeah, it adds stability. Allows more weight to be shifted to the back of the car. So, um, you know, I, it's hard to. I don't even know why it adds stability because it lengthens the wheelbase, but it also changes the, the dog bone angle in the rear. So it's doing two different things. Mm. So to eliminate that change, you would That's have true. to move the whole gearbox back, lengthen the chassis to know, okay, that's the change of only changing wheelbase. Oh, the thing well, that created that effect. weight distribution also changes, yeah. So, I mean, it's a combination of things, but the, the, the effect of moving the rear hub back is on high grip, the car will be more stable. It won't want to squat as much, and it just feels, like, easier to drive. But if you, and I, if actually, you, it's also something you can try on really bumpy tracks. So if you're on a really bumpy track, you can also try it. And then if you Moving want more if you want more grip, you want to go to shorter wheelbase, correct? Yeah, so if if you feel like you need more rear grip, then you can move the rear hub forward and you'll have more more grip on power. Right. I I feel like it's Everywhere. pretty much generally more rear grip, but especially on power. And I think there's one spot which is like the sweet spot. So that's where you run the hub most of the time. And then I don't really ever move it forward from that spot. I only go backwards if the if I'm on a high grip track and I feel like I need more stability. Dang. See, I don't even think about the other things that I'm changing. When I move it back, I'm like, oh, I just changed the wheelbase. I didn't think, oh, I moved my, my uh, dog <laughs> or my uh, drive shafts forward and it's doing something different. Uh, obviously, if it's not as straight, it's binding up, right? So you're actually breaking the rear end, rear end loose a little bit. Well, when that, when you have more of an angle, it binds up the suspension more on power. So that's one reason why I I think that when you move the hub back, it goes better through the bumps. Is yes, you are lengthening the wheelbase, which can help, but I think the bigger help is the fact that you're reducing the dog bone angle. 
so the suspend it frees up the suspension more, so the suspension can work through the bumps. Dang. <laughs> all right, so I got all my questions answered. <laughs> um, I you know it's pretty pretty spot on in regards to you know the routine when you go to new track. I go to, get a setup that you can be comfortable with, or the box setup is fine. Um, and then tires. That's pretty much it, right? <laughs> you got to get the tire game right. Like if you, I guess if you have the wrong tires, you're you're just chasing a tune is pointless, huh? Yeah, uh, tires are the biggest single factor when it comes to setting up the car. Definitely. No, the the rookies, the the new guys, don't like to hear that because tires are expensive. <laughs> well, actually, I think what the new guys don't want to hear is that they don't really need to mess with setup that much. Yeah. They need to focus on doing the basics right. Not crashing. Because 95% of the time when I look over someone's car, I can just do the basics and it improves the car significantly. And what, what I mean with the basics is I check the end points for steering, <laughs> throttle, brake, all that stuff, so that controls are correct. Mm-hmm. And then I make sure everything's moving freely, like the shock caps can move and the suspension arms and C hubs and rear hubs, everything's moving right. Then I set the ride height, I set the down travel, I set the front toe, I set the camber. And I just, the one thing people often do is they run a completely wrong shock oil. Like it's way too thick most of the time. Most of the time people use shock oil that's too thick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I come across someone whose shock oil is too thin, but mostly it's too thick. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, then have them adjust the shock oil and then they go out there and it's like a whole new car. And and I didn't really like change the setup. Like what's the secret setup for this track? I just did the basics. So, so don't, don't, really don't overthink it is what you're saying. On. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> overthink it. Try and just do the basics right. Like make sure everything's move moves freely and all the hinge pins are straight. Shock shafts are straight and the shock oil is the correct. Uh, thickness. So maybe the best way to do that is feel uh, feel the suspension of a car that's working well. Like whoever's at the local track that's good and knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. like feel what their suspension feels like, and then then sort of copy that feel, and oh, then you know that point. you're in the ballpark. That's a great. Yeah, point. because I feel like many times people bring me their cars and I feel it. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, like it's such, it's so off. Right. So that should be easy. You just walk up to someone, you watch cars on the track, like who seems to know what they're doing. And if you're, if you're shy, just, you know, when they go take a leap, go feel their car real quick. You know? <laughs> it's then, almost like you've done that just, before, JK. <laughs> yeah. a, little, a little bit of spy recon. No, but, yeah, yeah. If you're shy to ask, then just wait for them to leave their car alone and, you know, just give it a quick squeeze. Yes. You know, cop like your president, you know, grab it feel. by something. Oh, they were bringing yeah. Oh, see, bringing <laughs> you knew. Hold on, hold on. It, he went over an hour. Sharks. He did. It was, it was over an hour. He did. It was over good, an good hour. Job. <laughs> All right, so, so we got a couple of questions in. Uh, what's what's his opinion on the plus four or five millimeter rear shock standoffs? People changing shock standoffs. Okay, that's. Uh, I tried this, and I was like, "Yeah, what's the big deal?" I actually tried it when at a time when my car kind of sucked out. I was like, I'm just going to try this. And it still sucked. Like, it, it, obviously, <laughs> it's not magic, you know? Right. 
it's it's just one of these things like bling bling. Maybe there's a small difference, but Ongaro's winning, so we're all gonna, all gonna have to do this now. Sure. So I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that I, just answer the question? Like, wouldn't that tie into like the angle of your shock based on the type of track you're on, right? If it's if it's it has more angle in it or less angle, is it freed up? Is it? I mean, the Mugen guys seem to swear by this associated guys too. Like moving it back, and I I don't even know what it's supposed to do, to be honest. I mean, it does change the shock angle a bit, yes, but it's not significant, and I don't know what what they feel or think they feel on the track. Man, I can appreciate that answer because I don't like the guys who don't know what it does and they try to make some shit up. Oh, At least he says he doesn't know. I appreciate yeah. that. Fair enough. Yeah, because I tried it and it didn't it didn't solve my issues. So it's a it's an on guard run it so we should all run it type thing. Yeah, I, I almost feel like it's like that. <laughs> all right, so another guy, Pablo Tejada, PT oils himself. How much just should your suspension compress above the ground, meaning chassis on the ground, tires above the ground? Oh, this is actually something I've been testing recently. Um, it makes a it, it's actually something you should adjust. I've never even thought about adjusting that. People <laughs> yeah. do adjust. The more you have, like when you push the car to the ground, mm -hmm. chassis on the ground, and you lift the wheels up, the more they lift up, the more forgiving the car is. So bumpy, rough, loose tracks, that's good. The less they lift up, the faster the car will be. The more corner speed you'll have, the more aggressive you can be without kind of losing control. So it's, it's a trade-off thing. Like the less you run, the faster you'll be. The faster but the potential of more, the car. Yeah, the faster the potential of the car. But it will be more on edge. It will be harder uh, to drive through bumps. It will just be like more critical. Like when you lose grip, it will happen suddenly. And you, like at DNC, we didn't have much up travel. And some of the faces of the jumps got really uh, chewed out. And then our cars just wouldn't jump anymore. Like So that, that's character? something we learned there. I have, I have never nah, seen... I don't use that one. <laughs> I've never seen anyone, like, on their pit table adjusting that. I mean, there's not really much... I mean, yeah, how, but... how do you adjust it? You put limiters? How do you limit the up travel? Yeah, so, okay, this is a good example, because this is also a setting oh, people do. Oh, the, uh, the spring retainers. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, so, the rear hub. People like to go move between the upper hole and lower hole in the rear hub. Or if there's an insert, change the insert. So, so you raise the hub or you lower the hub, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't consider that when they raise the hub, they are also increasing up travel. So you would need to put a shim on the shock shaft, like outside the shock body, you put a shim mm -hmm. to reduce the up travel back to where it was. So if you, if you just want to do the hub change and not change up travel to just make the one setup change, then you should add that shim. But people, I don't think people ever do that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never heard of anyone do that. And I've, I've yeah, actually so, changed it, but, and I've never done that. So you aren't actually only changing roll center and uh, the hub position. You're also increasing up travel. So, so the reason your car improves might be because you added up travel. But you just don't know it because you were changing two things at once, and you associated the change to the other thing instead of the thing that actually made the difference. Hmm. 
some bitch. Man, I think <laughs> See, you're telling us not to overthink it, but now I'm like overthinking everything. With well, no, I mean it's yeah. No, I mean it's it's explained pretty clearly, right? And and so I I know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck with it and just see what it does. But you can okay. So how I, how do we isolate? How can we isolate one thing by limiting the up travel of the shock to see if it was the hub positioning or yeah. Or Basically, not, right? you would have to measure how much up, how much up travel and down travel you have. Yeah, but you have to do. You can't do it by measuring the, the shock. You have to do it by checking where the hex is. You know, right? Like you have to actually the physical like how high does the wheel rise above the chassis when it when it's on the table and how low does it go for down travel? You have to. That's the measurement you need if you want to eliminate up travel and down travel from all the other changes but I can, I can people normally just measure the shock body and that's it like, well it's not the same i don't think that's even in like because i use the huddy setup book i don't think that's even in there up travel yeah well that that setup book has things which are like the opposite of what they say so i really? gave up on that thing yeah Dang some it. i can't remember anymore maybe they've updated it because it's a long time ago but still I was like, what? What is this? What are we talking about? This, Clearly, the it's book. just taken from oh. some uh, some theory or something. Like, whoever wrote it wasn't actually someone who drove and knew what they were talking about. It's just like some sort of general theory thing. Like, oh, you'll have more steering, less steering, like this kind of thing. Sure. Does, does Keenan know your uh, – because Keenan's watching. Does he know – he should know your website for your setup stuff, right? Uh, yeah, and guess what? It, it's the white screen of death right now. And that's, Dude, uh, seriously? <laughs> I wanna... Yeah, for the it's... last week. Like, Okay, so WordPress updated their their uh, whole system. And then when they did that, my theme went to shit. Like some links didn't work and this and that. So then trying to fix that, now there's a white screen of death. <laughs> Dang it. I want to check it So fixing it, it didn't work. Uh, well, the original guide is also on NeoBuggy. So if you go on NeoBuggy website and then one of those top menus, there's like, there's going to be a guide. And the guide is the JQ guide. Hmm. Oh, it does. There's a there's setup stuff on NeoBuggy. I've never even known that was there. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. So, Peter, you want to go and ask but your... The more recent setup stuff is all on, on my blog. So when I used to write the blog, I also wrote some... Instead of only writing bullshit, I also actually wrote some helpful advice. So there's but more, the but more bullshit, the right? Com. There's... Yeah, because I wrote every single day for a year. So of oh, course, there's more there's bullshit. There's going to be some of those days. Hey, are you going to Silver State? Oh. <laughs> what? Do you, do you have a little acid reflux from breakfast this morning? Are you going to Silver State? Is that a no? Me? Yeah, yeah, you. Who are you asking? Yes, you. Yes. You, have you heard of this uh, RCGP series? <laughs> is yeah, it at the same, same time? Same weekend, dude. Is it the <laughs> yeah. same time weekend? Yeah. Oh, it's shit. next week. Oh, dude. Well, so... shit. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna totally throw some people under the bus. It wasn't my question. It was a bunch of people online. So, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So oh, we're, we're almost done. What, yeah. What's your? How do you feel about these races being freaking six days long? Does it irritate you as much as it irritates me? Oh, my God. Me? You said we're almost done, and then you asked me a question like that. <laughs> Dude, that should be an easy that's, question. That's putting me on the spot. Come no, on. No, it's not an easy – I mean, it's an easy question. It's bullshit that the races are so long. Just like IFMAR, the International Federation of Men Arranging Retreats, 
That's where the name actually comes from. Inter- International Federation of Men Arranging Retreats, because they want free, all expenses paid vacations to exotic locations. And uh, that's why we're going to Brazil and Australia and Indonesia and all these places to race for two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. I do have to say when people are like, there's hardly any races in the United States. Like, guys, you need to stop. It makes us look bad. <laughs> And there's you not. Need, there's need races to, there, everywhere well, in the United States. Yeah, there's States. races all over the world. No, no, for RCGP. Oh, there, right? There's one. Oh, yeah, there's there's one, one in the States. We got one here. So, yeah. I mean, it's One in same. Asia, two in Europe, one in America. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the long that races are bad for, bad for RC. It's not, it's not good. There can be a couple, you know, but they don't all need to be that long. Why can't the races just be two days or three days? That's enough. Well, I can tell you I that think that's I, enough. I was going to go to Silver State when it was three days, but I can't go if it's six days. <laughs> six days is a it's, long time. Is it six days now? It's six days. They moved. They pushed it. They opened one more day. So they well, well, you're it looking to, at it as two travel days, right? Well, no. It's Wednesday is the practice day. Okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But you set up on Tuesday. So you want to be there Tuesday. So you're really there at an RC race for six days. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just too long. And the problem is that it's because... Yes, I understand that the promoters, the organizers, this is their job, and they need to make money. That makes sense. But there's a limit to everything. I mean, yeah, but how the much entries, money? Like the entries the, are going to the tell money, them the money versus money versus quality race. You you like if you maximize the money, the quality of the race goes down. If you maximize the quality of the race. The money goes down. By money, I mean the profit that you make. So sure. you need to create a balance. You need to make money, and you need to create an event that's beneficial and good, like beneficial for RC and good for the races. But right now, I, I think the balance is tipping too much in favor of the organizers. So they need to kind of uh, – either the racers need to speak with their wallets and where they go racing, or then the organizers need to kind of – realize like hey we're actually not doing what's best for the the hobby right now because the races are too long you have to race multiple classes to get track time they try and play it off as oh we have 24 hours of practice and then uh joey goes one better than pmb he's like well we have a whole practice track pay 40 dollars and you can practice all day every day like it's bullshit it's we go there to race so having practice doesn't add value to the race it does according to people who don't think very much <laughs> you know but but in reality it doesn't like you can practice at home put the value in the actual race make it three days give everyone track time earn your money and i think that's going to be much better for everybody well pnb did that right they had it where it was three days but you just didn't go to sleep and then they made it four days and they actually saw that making it four days <laughs> for was, P- yeah so was bad that was a that was a negative impact making it four days yeah you definitely got to touch on those yeah. points right so they they literally thought they were responding to the racers by extending it a day not making it a crazy ass race and then a bunch of people spoke with their wallets and said i don't go there because it's just another race i go there because it is a absolutely nuts like yeah you know uh, type of a race and it and it and it did i mean dave saw a huge decline right it was hundreds of yeah he's going back to three days he is which is awesome yeah so So the pmb like racing at 4 a.m and all that stuff that's okay because it's one race and it's psycho 
Okay, so that's kind of the point. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that every other race should be the same. <laughs> you don't you don't want to be up all freaking all three days on a race weekend? You don't want that to be the, no. the trend? <laughs> so then it's no. then it's gonna be right and the and the balance has to make business sense too. So as a promoter, right, you're you're gonna find out that you know, then do you do you cap your entries? And then add more quality to the race and raise your prices. Yeah, you have to. Like, where do you? you, And then, and then you have to make a budget. Budget, and you have to know how much money you need to make, and and you have to cap entries and set the entry fee according to that. Yeah, and and it and it and it sounds you know from a business person, it's going to sound good to say that. And then the reality is, you put together a budget and you say, okay, I've got to charge ninety five dollars an entry, and then people are like, for what? Because they because they can't do this with 350 entries at $95, like, you know. So there's there's the it sounds good for a business person to say that because I, I I've, I've been told that very exact statement before, and it's like cool. Well then go throw your race that's $100 an entry and see if see if people race because right now right for that level. Well, like the DXR race was $175. I think Neo's been over $200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But it's one class. You don't race three classes. You're actually paying more when you go to BMW. To run less. Or, yeah. And, and you're see, paying I don't more. See what you're running the... multiple cars. So the single entry is low, yes. But you're paying three entries. So. Yep. And it costs a lot more to run more cars, obviously. you got to buy tires for all yeah. those cars. You yeah, and, and just cars. the entries cost more. I mean, right, just sure. the entries cost more, too. But I mean, where's the you know where's the value in something like that? Just as a spectator, right? It obviously, if you're gonna have to go across the pond, it's not gonna be the entry fee that's gonna yeah. make or break that for you, right? Oh man! But maybe that's maybe <laughs> yeah, that, but, uh, that is the experience. Because other than I think a different format, I think a U.S. race could do the same. A U.S. race could charge more for the entry and have one class and everyone race one eight buggy and get more track time and heads up racing and make it exciting and fun and it's. It actually works out to be cheaper. It's almost like what we're doing on Tuesday nights at NDRC World. Thanks, shameless plug. Oh, had to. All right, so we're way over time. <laughs> JQ, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your knowledge, man. We we greatly appreciate it. I, I was, uh, I'm really happy whenever you say stuff like, you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> oh, because I, you're on, what, you, got, you got a question? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, actually, you know what? We have this segment on the non-MRC podcast where Jeff is supposed to stump me with a setup question. Uh-huh. And he hasn't succeeded, but you succeeded first try, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I kind of want to high five you right now. <laughs> like that's that's where I'm going with that. Hey, do you you have a super? Actually, fan. twice. That's right, twice. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, you have a super, what fan? super fan. He's, a super he's fan. got a super fan. I I just got a. Is it Jim? This, yeah, that I apparently it's a fake profile. We just you know, uh, I guess man, he is all I. By the comments, he's, he's, I'm hate, just he's hating say, big time. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. Dude, this guy's on your nuts. Like, what can is... I go back and read them somehow? Yes. Yeah. yeah you go. You to know the what? I bet you. Okay. I bet you that is Keenan, because for some reason Keenan isn't. He's been commenting the whole time, and then he drops off, and this gym guy is now commenting. No, it. It. They went back and forth. <laughs> they went back and forth for a second. Unless Keenan's fingers are that fast. I don't know, man. No, I mean, no, they... I don't think so. No, but that's just more fake news. How about you try and limit the fake news? <laughs> keep, you know, keep it real. And then maybe I have to come back on here and set the record straight again. 
I probably will hear some more fake news after the first RCGP and I can come on and, you know, set the record straight. Well, I'm excited to see what it's going to be about. I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune in. I'm going to online. Let's say it again. Live.rc-gp.com to watch the first race of the RCGP series, the Philippine Masters. Yeah. Yep. That's all going to be this weekend. Yep. You guys are a, you, a day ahead. A day ahead. I feel just yeah, it's a week away, same as Silver State, but yep. the time zone is different, obviously. So right. the racing won't kind of uh, the racing won't clash, even though it's the same weekend. <laughs> so you can go twenty four hours just watching races. <laughs> yes. And uh, give a shout out to all my Filipino friends. How long have you been in the Philippines, man? I need to go back over there. You're, you're dating a, your girlfriend's in the Philippines, right? That's why you're always over there. Yeah, I've been here since September. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I want to go back to the Philippines bad. All right, man. Hey, thanks a lot, dude. I appreciate Joseph, it. Joseph, thank you very much, man. It's a good time. Okay. All right, later. Thank you. Thank you. No Take problem. care. Have a great week. Yeah, dude. I stumped him twice. Dang. I got him, dude. I got him. But no, those, I, were, those, are, those are real questions I had. They have. were legitimate yeah, questions. They were real questions. Yeah, it wasn't like sure. I was trying to stump them. And, there, you know, the, the sweep question in the front, I've had – that come up in conversation numerous times, right? Sweet. How it works. I'm but he saying. was honest. He was like, I honestly, I tried it. I don't know what to do. It didn't do anything. That's, that's a good one. I mean, he, the fact that he didn't put it on his car, because his car is supposed to be known as like the tuning, tuning car. Like it has every tunability ever. And he doesn't even have a sweep option. Man, I've been playing around with sweep. I'm just going to quit wasting my time. I think, I, I think I he think hit so. it. I think he hit it right on the nose. You should. And man. I, and I like this pointer with, Go find someone at the track that runs good, feel their car, and try to get your car to feel like their car. That's true. That was a great pointer because I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, it, even all the way to the pointer of wait for them to go use the bathroom and then sneak there and feel their I car. mean, if, you know, and that, hopefully that's not the case at Indy, right? We should be, it should feel like that much of a community where some new guy can just walk yeah. up. I guess, are they going to walk up to you? Are you going to put yourself in the No, the guy's, are they walk the, up the to guy's you? car that you want to probably feel at Indy, you want to feel Jake's. Which, yeah. Jake might be MIA. You can feel my car. My car's pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the way you got to do it. Wait, so when I'm doing that race, from here on out. When are you going to race again, Mark? <clears throat> um, actually, I might be racing that. Uh, We're going to do Panola. the Carthage thing? I want to go, dude. Do you know who Brandon Barry is? I don't know. Do you know the I shit he's know. been through with the weather? Oh, my God. That poor Here's guy. the thing. is like, is that, is that, it's, it's right at that borderline where it might be too far for me to get a hotel. No, we just too dude, close we just, for me to get a hotel. There's Friday. There is Friday practice. What hotel is in Carthage? Brandon Barry will have to tell us. But it's kind of near Marshall. Can right? we just? No, I, I'm just. And am I trying to promote the race a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, can are like can we just not leave but as early Saturday morning, go race, and then come back? It's not going to okay. be a 250 entry race. And it's over in Maybe. Carthage. But okay, so the one for sure I'm already I've already signed up for. I will be at the Lone Star Nitro Challenge. As much as I didn't want to do it, I'm gonna do it. That'll be a good time. Um, I'm gonna do it mostly for the vlog, but I don't have I can only run one car. I only have an e buggy. They're only running e buggy, nitro buggy, e truck, and nitro sure. truck. So I only have one car I can run in there, so I'm gonna be at that race. I'm you gonna use my e truck? Do you wanna use my e truck? Is it a techno e truck? Of course. Dude, can I use your e truck? Dude, let me use your e We'll talk about it. We'll talk. But my uh, my ra- my sticker <laughs> raffle sale is about to go on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's spin. right. So I got to go. And we're way over time. I said I wanted to keep it at an hour. Um, it's been an hour and 30 minutes. I hope you guys like this show tonight. 
I thought the setup questions were Ooh, great. Matt Walter's got, you're gonna have to read some of these things because Matt yeah. Walter, I'll tell you, your team manager. What what he said? Um, swept back lands and jumps better. Also takes down steering. Swept forward is better in the bumps. There what you was go. the other question? So there's so man, there's gonna, even after the podcast is over, we're gonna have to go back and read some of those comics. Thank you, Matt. Um, that that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I think everybody liked it. No, Be sure to good. share it if you liked it, guys. We, yeah, we need to do more of the setup ones because I learn I learn a lot. If Mark I, would get on posting these videos a little faster, shut up, dude. We could we you, could get. Do you not see how many I, I post videos every three days on my YouTube channel? That that's not easy. Anyways, no. all right, we're leaving, guys. Hey, Be thanks good. for watching. We'll be back next month. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know I got to. I know you do. <laughs> oh.